Welcome to the panel uh, international. Kiamo Tonamai Kota Katoa coming up on the program in just over a fortnight in New Zealand. If you want to buy an electric vehicle, you could get up to $8,600 back from the government. What questions do you have about EVs in general? Send them to us and we'll put them to our guest. Battery life, charging stations, distance, let us know. 2101. Controversy continues over the proposed film. They are asked about the Christchurch terror attacks. We discuss with Dr. Rosemary Overall, Overall, a senior lecturer in film and media. And it's also a hundred years on since the school dental service was established in New Zealand in 1921, but our children's teeth are falling through the gaps. We discussed that. And an Auckland man is so incensed by overgrown booms, he mows his neighbours for free and he has a message for you. So we discussed that as well. With me this afternoon is Dr. Ella Henry, Associate Professor and Director of Māori Advancement at AUT Business School. Tēnā Dr. Henry. Kia ora. As always, lovely to have you on. Thank you. And for the very first time (laughs) on this programme, Patrick Gower, News Hub National Correspondent and Documentary Maker. His next documentary is out tomorrow on P. Patrick, kia ora. Lovely to have you on the panel. Look oh, at you. Kia ora, and I am <laughs> actually really, really happy to be here and really Are proud. Sure? Are you no, sure? No, I am. I am. I'm a little nervous all of a sudden now that it's real. Yeah. But, but here I am, and I can't wait. Lovely. All right, Ella, Patrick, here we go. Uh, It is is, uh, 13 to 4. Uh, To this, almost 50 years on from the Dawn Raids of the 1970s, the government has announced it will make a formal apology. The apology will be delivered on the 26th of June in the Auckland Town Hall. Here's Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern speaking at the post-Cabot Media Conference. To this day, many members of our Pacific community still struggle to talk about their experiences during that period. Between 1974 and 1976, a series of immigration enforcement policies were carried out that resulted in immigration and police officials conducting targeted raids, usually under the cover of darkness, on the homes of Pacific families. The raids to find, convict and deport overstayers often took place very early in the morning or late at night, giving rise to the term dawn raids. They were routinely severe, with demeaning verbal and physical treatment. During that period, police also conducted random stops and checks which required any person, on request, to produce their passport or permit if there was good cause to suspect an immigration-related offence. This was exploited to racially profile those who were suspected of being overstayers. Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern there, and she added that 40% of overstayers were British and American, despite these groups never being targets of police attention. Minister for Pacific Peoples, Opitor William Seor, said the legacy of the Dawn Raids, Sarah, lives on today in Pacific communities. So to discuss Dr Melanie Arnipe, Associate Professor of Pacific Studies at the University of Auckland, who joined the Polynesian Panthers in 1971. Talofa, Dr Arnipe. You participated in protests against the raids at the time. What do you remember about that time? Well, I I remember that time uh, through um, a period of being in the 1970s. It was a real uh, time of turmoil, of change, and the dawn raids and actually the random checks that went along with the dawn raids was a, a, a terrible time in New Zealand's history, a dark period, which uh, I'm happy to hear 
will go some way in terms of healing the, 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 the relationships between the civic people and the government in New Zealand with the apology that's forthcoming on, on the 26th. And you have called, along with uh, others, have called for an apology for some time. In fact, you wrote a, 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 an issue about just that in a spin-off about a year or so ago. Um, yes. why, why is a, an apology so important? It's so important because it will go some way in healing the traumatic experiences and distrust of uh, government and New Zealand by um, a component of New Zealand society which is growing in numbers and in the next, you know, 20 years or so, will be a huge proportion of New Zealand's uh, population. And we're thinking ahead in terms of the future of New Zealand, the young people that are coming through, that they need to, to live in a world which was different from the world that we were hmm. living in at the time with their age. I, I so applaud this move and, and anyone who has been wronged in any way knows how vitally important an apology is in terms of healing and reconciliation and I think that's what we need to do moving forward. Yeah, I mean, my question is, is the same in some senses. I applaud it as well, long overdue, but what will it do for future generations and not just Pacifica, I'm talking about future generations of people in Aotearoa, New Zealand, so that they can mm. understand that this actually happened. What, what's your take on that? Well, the, the apology is, um, you know, a, a small step. The, the larger step is what the Polynesian Panther Party um, are, are demanding in terms of what goes alongside the apology. And we feel that it has to be a strong educative focus for the, the young people, you know, in terms of time to come. And we feel that Pacific race relations and or Pacific studies should be embedded in the curriculum and assessed as achieved standards rather than unit standards, um, that born raids be a compulsory subject in the study of Pacific race relations in Aotearoa and New Zealand history curriculum. So we feel that for a better New Zealand, we need to educate to liberate. That was one of our Panther platforms. Oh, I mean, this is just an... Amazing to listen to. I'm loving being on the panel already. I'm electrified <laughs> by this uh, idea and conversation because there's this huge focus on bringing New Zealand history into the curriculum. Um, the dawn raids have to be a part of it. I can t- talk personally as a Pākehā in, in, in my 40s. You know, it wasn't until a few years ago that I properly learnt about it. Right. Uh, I, I bumped into a woman, Pauline Smith, in Invercargill, mm. and she showed me a brilliant book that she's written called Dawn Raid, um, which is set for children, and she gave me a copy. And I read it on the way home, and I thought, this is amazing. What a resource. Um, can we get all this out mm. to all our children um, so that, you know, we can understand what went on and move on? So... 100% hundred um, percent support that call for um, compulsory education about this in our schools alongside a new New Zealand curriculum. It has to happen. Just a reminder to Dr. Anai, on a final note there, I'm actually just looking at the history and just thinking um, uh, there still must be some quite deep-seated trauma. Reading some of the stories this afternoon about really what happened, you get a knock on the door at 6am, you've got the flashlights and the dogs. I was reading one testimony by one young woman, 28 uh, woken up, the police go into her bedroom, uh, wake up the two uh, children next door, get dragged half naked into the vans. I mean, really, it's quite shocking to read about this stuff now. This really happened. 
Well, it, it was a state-sanctioned act of terrorism, in our view. And, uh, you know, it, it's something that should never happen again. And so that's why we're, we're, we're really pushing for um, the, the apology to, to go hand-in-hand with some of the issues that we want the government to, to put into place for the next, for the future. And, by the way, Patrick, Pauline Smith is a member of the Polynesian Panther Claw. Yes, yes, which, she is, yeah. Yeah. Which started, and her book was so popular amongst primary school children that my book, which was just published just recently, called um, "The Polynesian Panthers: uh, The Platform, The Radical Legacy of the Polynesian Platform," um, is for targeted secondary schools. So there's the resources which are funneling into our, the whole educational. Mm. Yeah, well, your, your book's going right. Your book's going right on my reading list. I do. Well, I, I, I do. I do wonder, you know, is there any need for something more beyond this, you know, such as compensation? Do you think there is a need for compensation to come after we, this apology? We, we, we don't use that word. The Polynesia Panther Claw do not use that word because we, we feel that compensation for a few um, is in no way comparative to compensation for the future and thousands and millions, you know, times to come. And so we, we, we see it more as an act of healing, uh, you know, as a, as a way of healing the trauma and honouring the voices of those who were traumatised by the injustice of the government's actions during the dawn raids and ensuring that that terror of the dawn raids will never happen again. Lovely to have you on the program, the program Dr Melanie Arnai, the Associate Professor of Pacific Studies at Auckland University. All right, uh, time for I've been thinking. Dr Henry, uh, oh, to start. thank you. Well, <clears throat> I had an opportunity this morning to say farewell to one of my sheroes, Dame Georgina Kirby, who has been an inspiration to me since I first met her in 1987. Um, many people don't know, she and her husband, Brian, were managers of the Waitaro Freeman's Bay Community Centre, and they opened the doors for Don Selwyn to teach his uh, Hitaunga Māori and Pacifica Film Studies course, and my partner was one of the first oh. students, so I got to meet her and um, over the years I learned so much about her, you know, that she started the Microfinancing Bank Māori Women's Development Fund, which even people from the Scottish Bank and Grameen Bank came to New Zealand to find out why it had one of the lowest fail yeah. rates. You know why it had one of the lowest fail rates? She told me, I interviewed her because <clears throat> I would go to their house and I would say to them, if you don't pay I will take your cow or I will take <laughs> your TV, or I'll take your car. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, how many bank managers go to your house, bring you biscuits, and say, you've got to pay your... your... She had the lowest fail rate. Thousands of Māori women started businesses. She set up the Māori Business Women's Awards, Māori Fashion Awards, um, was heavily involved in setting up this microfinance company, which also was a quasi-art gallery to mm-hmm. promote... You know, I mean, when you know her and how extraordinary she was, it was such a privilege to be there amongst these uh, past living past presidents of the Māori Women's Welfare League who are all such amazing women and to be able to bid her farewell. So, you know, aroha to kite Fano pani. I, I send all of my aroha out to her beautiful son and to Mokos, whom she adored, because it was all about Fano for her. Amihinu nui kia koe, Dr Henry. All right, uh, Petty Gow, I've been thinking. Yeah, look, I, I've been thinking about the Harbour Bridge and the, the walking, walking and cycling part of the bridge that's been proposed by the government for $785 million. Now, when I initially heard about this and saw 
criticism of it. You know, having worked in politics for many years, I could see, oh, this is an easy sort of uh, thing to attack and you can, you know, criticise it and it's a easy target in some ways to criticise infrastructure when you've got other things that need to be done. But to be honest, I've, I've been thinking about my documentary coming out tomorrow night, which will address the need for a health approach to methamphetamine. So basically for um, all of the DHBs to set up clinics in, in, in everywhere in New Zealand to help all of the places in the regions in particular that are struggling to, to deal with people who are addicted. And, you know, they don't get a cent at the moment. There's one region, Northland, that's doing something. Everywhere else, any sort of methamphetamine support group is is living off the smell of an oily rag in a, in a borrowed, borrowed hall and they're not, not getting any government money whatsoever. And that really got me thinking about that walking and cycle way. It really got me thinking about it. And this morning I was out Where do we allocate our money? Yeah, where do we allocate our money? And, you know, why does it go there instead of to something that could actually help so many people in this country? And I guess my message here is our people are infrastructure too. Our people out there suffering from pee and their families... Their families who give unconditional love to addicted children, no matter what, and there'll be lots of them listening that are hurting. Where do we allocate our money, and are they worth more than a walking and cycle away on the Auckland Harbour Bridge? Kia ora, Paddy. Lot to discuss with Dr. Ella Henry and Patrick Gow with me this afternoon on the panel. I'm Wallace Chapman. Stay with us, four to five.